0: Hi, my name is David Speed, and I'm Adam Brazier, and this is the Creative Rebels podcast,
1: featuring inspirational stories and practical advice from some of the most prolific and successful creators in the world.
0: Adam and I have co-founded multiple creative businesses and turned our varied passions into our careers.
1: There's never been a better time in history to make a career from being creative.
0: So many people will tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to show you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, rebels. Um, so this is a good episode this week. We met Gail a few years ago at a uh, charity event, and just sort of like
1: became a little bit mates with her. Yeah, she was really cool. Like I remember that day. I think I had three jobs that day, and that was the third out of the three. I think one of them was like oh, some God, weird. Yeah, I'm vaguely remembering that. I think I painted the skyline in the morning for like Carphone Warehouse or something, and then I had <sighs> to go to a casting for Adidas for a TV. Commercial, they wanted some artists involved in going straight from that to yeah, do live art at this uh, award ceremony. And yeah, and I remember turning up, and you're like, Oh, uh, we've made friends with Gail Porter now. And I was like, Well, that's <laughs> I, guess amazing. It, I guess it's like, <laughs> I guess it's like what
0: we were talking about last week of back in those early days, like we used events as our kind of nights out because we couldn't yeah. afford nights out. And then When we were like, yeah, we, and that was one of them. And we just, yeah, we just happened to bump into Gail Porter, who is just a a legend, really. A couple of weeks ago, I heard Gail on Louis Theroux's podcast and it was so interesting. And I was like, I reckon if we asked her, she'd probably come on our podcast. And lo and behold, she did. And so that's this episode.
1: The power of just asking is so, so important. We could have just thought, oh, she won't remember us. This was seven or eight years ago. She's not going to remember who we were. So let's not even like waste her time and burden her with our question it's so important to just ask because you'd never know what's going to happen. Yeah. There's that old cliche of, if you miss a hundred percent of the
0: shots that you don't take. Yeah. And that is, that is so absolutely true. And I, and I mean, it's a theme that ran through this interview was asking for help when you need it. Like if you're down and other people can help you like, Always reach out, but it's one of those things that asking for anything, whether it's asking someone to help you with your new business, whether it's yeah. asking someone to share your work, whether it's asking someone to just have a chat with you because you're feeling fucking down, like we we always take those as as big asks, and that that people are going to be upset or offended or or too busy, and it's just this weird kind of paranoia that we like that most people seem to have around asking people. But once you do get over that hurdle, like, yeah, some people might be fucking busy and it might be the wrong day and they might be about to
1: go and catch a bus or whatever it is. But if you don't ask, you'll never know. Yeah. And I think they'll tell you if they are too busy. I think just ask because they might not be too busy. The chances are they're not. And I know that if anyone ever asks me for help or asks me a question in some way, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing a busy project or something, otherwise just stop that and then go and help those people if someone calls out to you, it means they actually need something or they actually want some help. Our mutual friend Jay, he's a perfect example of like someone who will just ask everyone for help all the time. And because he does that, he almost has a shortcut in life because instead of him having to go and try and find out how to do something himself, he will just ask. And then often someone will just tell him the answer and he'll learn a lot quicker. You can yeah. try and learn everything yourself or you can just go and ask other people whether that is you wanting to learn something or whether you need something, whether you've just started a business or you've just started doing a new thing and you just want some help and assistance. You need direction in the way to go. There's a good chance you know someone who already who can help you get to where you need to be. And I remember hearing something really interesting yeah. once being like, actually, if if you wanted... If you're struggling for work and you haven't got any jobs coming in, if you went through your phone book and messaged every single person in there and said, I'm doing X skill, I'm looking for work. Do you know anyone that could help me? Then there's a good chance that one of those people would come back and say, actually, yes. Like the fact that you already know people, the fact that you'd already met Gail seven years ago was suddenly a much easier in rather than going into it cold. Like you could send out a hundred cold emails, or you could go into the 20 warm leads that you might have just from small connections that you've made over the past 10 years yeah
0: I I actually told someone I was too busy this week a friend of mine reached out and said could I do a commissioned piece of artwork for his girlfriend um, for her birthday and he wanted it on a4 and I'm not working on a4 at the moment I'm working on canvases and on walls and I'm trying to get Graffiti Life back up and running we're podcasting all the time and I was just honest and I was just like, dude, I I don't have time at the moment. Yeah. Had it been an ask of like, I need you to paint me a giant canvas. That might have been a different, a different story. What he was asking for, I had to be strong and be like, oh, he's a good mate. But I, I know that I'm going to resent every minute that I have to sit down and do something that's completely not what I want to be doing. I'll be sacrificing the things that I do want to be working on in order to, and I, it's just, it now's, now is not the time for that commission. Um, so, and, but he's,
1: he's not upset. And I think what's interesting there is the fact you said you don't have time at the moment, which means that at some point he could catch you and you would actually have time to do that. Yeah. Should we set everyone a little
0: challenge of whatever it is that you're, that you're working on or that you need help on, just make one ask this week that you wouldn't normally ask just because I really like to see action and it's all very well and good going, yeah, okay, I'll remember that. I need to ask people more and then rolling back into your old habits. So I want everyone this week to reach out to someone, whether it's a warm lead or a completely cold lead, reach out to someone and ask them for help with something that you're doing.
1: I just want to up this challenge. I want to say, don't go for something that is too warm. Go for someone who's above what you think you would normally get. Because I find quite often if every now and again, I'll just sit there in the evening and I'll just message a bunch of people who I think, are, who I think these people probably probably won't get back because they're too busy or too high of status to want to kind of communicate with me. And it's amazing that by communicating with those people, quite often you do get people get back. And it's like, then actually that helps you progress further because it also gives you more confidence in approaching more people of higher status. And it just helps elevate your career. I mean, you know you're pretty high status now, right? You're a co-host of the Creative Rebels podcast. Oh well, I do always slip that in. That that generally makes things a little bit easier. <laughs> but but before that before that was even the case, I would still message people who I thought like celebrities. Yeah, exactly. Things. I mean we've yeah. been doing that from day one. I mean, yeah.
0: literally our our business is built on that. So but but yeah, I just want everyone to whatever it is that and, and especially if it's a mental health thing, if it's like you're one of those people, like, like fucking Gail is, you're one of those people who never reaches out. This week, when you're having a tough time or you're struggling with something, make that ask that you wouldn't normally ask for. Because I just think that everyone's going to be pleasantly surprised. And like maybe some of you might get no's, but just, just understand that that's like that's part of the game. And and the more no's that you get, it's actually better to get no's. There's so many successful people like stand-up comedians and and sales people and wh- like whatever career they choose to go into that did sales and every single person that did sales always says i was just used to rejection so yeah. everything from that point was easy in my career because no i never took any rejection personally because i used to sell double glazing and i used to knock on every single door and get the door closed in me like as soon as you've gone through that training of of no 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 that makes you strong. That makes you realize, okay, that onto the next one. It just doesn't matter. So, so yeah, do the challenge. Um, and, and let us know your success stories as well. If you reach out to someone and, and you make a new connection or, or they share your work or whatever it might be, like let us know if it's, if it's something big we'd, because we'd love to hear.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting as well, the fact that you, about the double glazing thing, because it's like if someone reached out to me and said, do you want to buy double glazing? I live in a rented flat, so to me, I don't need that service. So just because you reach out to someone with something, they might just not need that. They might not want that at the time. But if you approach someone like this week, there was someone who I'd contacted about one thing probably six months ago, contacted them again earlier today, and they got back to me with a yes, because it was a completely different service that I was offering. They might not want what you're selling now, but maybe if you go back to them in a months time with with something slightly different they might want that instead right so let's get into this week's episode with the lovely gail porter gail porter is
0: a tv presenter and writer gail's crazy career kicked off on kids tv in the 90s she then went on to present top of the pops big breakfast and a host of other shows gail's career and life changed dramatically when for seemingly no reason she lost her hair to alopecia gail has overcome so many hurdles including at one point becoming homeless She's a pure soul and one of the coolest people I've ever met.
1: In this episode, we talk about the 90s, big brother and reaching out.
2: Phone someone, anyone, talk to your neighbors, just make sure everyone's fine.
0: So Gail, your career has been, I mean, you've been, like literally, I grew up watching you on Top of the Pops. And, but when you first started, you actually started behind the camera, is that true?
2: Yeah, gosh, um, it was such a weird journey because um, I'd studied film and photography. And then I went to work um, at a place called InVideo, which was in Edinburgh. And um, basically they hired me as a runner which, if anyone out there doesn't know what a runner is, it basically means you do everything. You do whatever they want you to do. So one minute I'm on reception, the next minute I'm assistant camera girl, and the next minute I'm working in sound, the next day I'm picking up the boss's laundry, Um, literally anything. So um, And it'd be late nights, and I was working for free because those were the days when you did work experience and you actually didn't get paid and i was there oh for, it's the same now yeah is changed. it still the same yeah uh, yeah so um and then i went on to work for another tv company and i was babysitting a lot as well because obviously i was not making any money whatsoever and one of the guys that i was babysitting for was a director and he said you know what my kid absolutely loves you you make him laugh we've got this audition to, to let you know there's thousands and he said that you know i might not be there i might be there but obviously you'll be treated the same as everybody else and when i went in i didn't have a script or anything because it was too late and then i just thought oh, do you know what i'll just wing it i'm never going to get it got in there winged it went back to my pub job at night time then went back to the, the tv job and then i was getting phone call after phone call going you're down to the last 100, you're down to the last 50, da, da, da. and then suddenly, like, you've got a job. You're going to be on live TV, on Scottish, on ITV, um, called the Interactive Game Show. So we were playing interactive games with kids on the phone, live. How could that possibly go wrong? It went wrong every week, every week. <laughs> and then after, after that, it was kind of like, what do I do now? Do I go back to working behind the scenes? Because I love it. But then I was getting offered jobs in front of the telly and I loved that too. So I thought, well, do you know, what? I'll take it while it's there. And at least I've got the knowledge if I need it, if I want to go back behind the screens, you know, it's not like I've just.
0: I suppose being a runner, like gave you a, a, such a wide view of everything that was going on. So you had an understanding of all of the different elements that goes into the, the production
2: do you know what i still speak to the cameraman that i was assistant to i suppose speak to the editor that i work with and they knew i knew nothing and i would just be happy until i got caught by the boss and they're like what are you doing sitting in here and i was just learning every day and uh, i learned more there i'm not saying to kids kids go to, if you want to go to college university go for it but when it comes to media and if you get up um an opportunity to actually get into a studio or get into a film st- anything music you learn so much more i learned so much within about the first six months of stuff that you know you didn't get the opportunity there, were, there wasn't the technology at the ecologies and it yeah loved every minute of it and keep in touch with every single one of them
1: i think from what i've kind of heard from speaking to people who are studying kind of photography, film, media, those kind of things. I feel like quite a lot of those educational systems are a bit behind what is currently happening. So they get advice of things that yeah. would have been good 10 years ago, but then actually when they get out into the world, that's not really there for them.
2: No, I do feel a bit like that. I feel, I mean, I was lucky enough to get in, but even when I was at college, I was a bit like, seriously? And then I was doing like odd jobs for people. I and. Mean, learning so much in a weekend and then going back to college and if if our if our lecturer wasn't having a spliff somewhere and we couldn't find <laughs> him, it was just like what are we doing what are we doing here you, you know I, i'm very old now i kind of went lost in the 90s i don't really know what happened but yeah i was lucky enough to get a job and I, as i say didn't pay and i was just happy as larry i was just i was driving trucks I was, I was doing whatever, I was delivering equipment. And uh, yeah, I just, and also it gives you so much more respect for people that you work with. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you see, no offense to, I, I don't watch these programs, the love, the love programs or whatever, and then suddenly they're famous and they're doing whatever they do, I'm not entirely sure. But I just feel there's a lot of people, like a lot of actresses that have worked behind the scenes, understand the whole script writing. It, Everything that goes together instead of just being pretty, and I think you have to have sex on telly now, don't you, to be famous?
1: (laughs) Something like that (laughs) definitely helps.
2: I'm not entirely sure. What was it
1: about film and photography that was interesting to you?
2: Well, basically, I wanted to be Princess Leia, and obviously, that had been taken. So then I decided I wanted to work on Star Wars, but I didn't think I was good enough. I thought the only part I could possibly play would be R2-D2 or an Ewok. You got the
1: hype for that, Because I
2: finally one. Exactly. So I was thinking, I'm going to try and find out a bit more about film. And I always liked animation, but I can't draw, I can't say. I literally, I've got no talent whatsoever in anything. So I just thought, I want to just find out a bit more about editing, filming, assisting, anything. I just love the whole idea of making something, making something magical, you know, even if it was like some shitty documentary that I might have done in, like one of my first ones was I think for something called Pebble Mill. And I was filming in a sea-like scent. And I was, do you remember that? And it was on about, it was almost like this morning, but for really old people like us. And then I, 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 it was my first ever filming job and I got to produce it. And it was only about three minutes, but it was in the Sea Life Center in Fife. I will <laughs> never forget that day. I was, I was so thankful for the people that were looking after the fish. I was so thankful. Basically, nobody I was working with wanted to do it. They went, Gail will do it. <laughs> And honestly, I will never forget that till the day I die. And they showed it for three minutes on Pebble Mill and it was shit, but I did it.
0: Did you always have that attitude of like the jobs that other people would be like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, like, I'll do it.
2: Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. Even if it was really rubbish, I just think, yeah, do you know what? It's going to be an experience. It doesn't matter if it's bad. I mean, I mean, unless it was something really awful, like a terrible a really mean program, I would never do anything mean mean. I mean, I think the worst one that I said yes to is Big Brother, but bless God, uh, Big Brother, it was I mean, I was homeless and I had no money and they offered me a fee and I thought either I stay sleeping on the streets or I take the offer and be humiliated and hopefully come out the other side and uh, yeah. So that was a tricky one to do, to be honest with you.
0: I mean, I didn't see... I haven't watched Big Brother since the first episode, which would have been, like, early 90s, I guess, or, or late 90s. I don't... I've
2: never... I think I watched the first one, and that's yeah, was it. Yeah, the same it. as me. I think, I
0: but from what, I've, from what I've heard, like, when you were on the show, like, you were just yourself. And so I don't think you have anything to... Like, it, it's great that it got you out of a bad situation, yeah. so...
2: Um, but it was it was a weird one, it was America versus the UK. And um, so yeah, I went in. I, the, my plan was I'll get voted out in week one because I'm going to be so boring. And all I did was it, <laughs> everyone started shouting all the time. I mean, it was just like, it was just noise and I don't like that. You know, I live in a flat on my own with yeah. a cat and people screaming 24 seven. I know people just watch it for one hour. You're in a house and and it's tiny and they are screaming, I want eggs! No, you want... And you're just like, oh my God, I'm absolutely losing my mind. And you're not allowed to read, you're not allowed a pen, you're not allowed anything whatsoever. So it's just silence or them shouting. And um, I remember going into the Big Brother diary room and I was like, hi there, and they went, are you okay? And I went, not really, no. And they were like, what do you want? I went, could I get a book? And they went, you know you can't read in here. I was like, a pen, anything, Strabble, Monopoly. They were like, no, you're not allowed anything. That was it, nothing. And everyone, all I did was clean, clean, clean because they were, they just didn't clean up after themselves. And the other thing I did when they were all shouting, I'd go, excuse me, did anybody do like a cup of tea? And then there was a guy called Fat Man Scoop. Don't know if you know Fat Man Scoop. Yeah. Put your hands yeah. up. Put your hands up. Yeah. So, anyway, he's like, Man, if Gil Porter's putting on a kettle, some shit is going down. And I was
1: like, <laughs> Yeah, pretty
2: much. Someone needs to put
1: that on a t shirt. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you want a cup of tea? Some shit is going down. <laughs> and it's like, every. T-
0: it's it's so interesting <laughs> i mean we've spoken on this podcast before about how how like creativity is so good for mental health yeah. and it seems to me like by taking away you can't have a pen you can't read like they're they're intentionally taking away any outlet that you have to be creative oh, yeah in order to create this boiling pot of and just to just see what's going to happen see who's going to explode first yeah i
2: it I i honestly genuinely hand on heart thought i'd be out in week one and i think i was there till the last week and i kept saying please i'm begging you get me out of here and the day i got said my name i was just like oh my god and then the lovely girl who was interviewing um the very pretty one um who does the voice emma oh yeah what's Uh,
1: your last name willis emma willis
2: Emma Willis, very beautiful, very lovely. I came out. I was just excited. I just wanted to. I wanted to go home. And she was like, "So how was it?" And I said, "I'm not being funny. I've been sectioned. And actually, being sectioned was easier than being in the Big Brother house. And that's not even a joke." <laughs> she was like, "Oh right. Uh, oh okay." And I was like, "Yeah, section me again. Oh yeah, no, never what, again."
1: What positives did you take from that None. Like, scenario?
2: None. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, do you know what? I actually uh, I learned that I was more patient than I thought, and I do cry a lot, but I always knew that. But the thing is, I don't know what people saw, because obviously you see an hour, and we're yeah, 24, yeah. we 24 hours a day, and I must have tried maybe five times just for the noise and the screaming, and then my daughter said, Mum, it was like you cried all the time. And I was like, it, possibly five times just because of the streaming. We had security coming in to, to get people off each other because they were fighting so much. And you're just saying, this is not, not normal. So, I mean, what what I did... Yeah, no, I got fuck all.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, nah, fuck
0: all whatsoever. You- you got a paycheck and it got you back on your feet. So there, there's, a, there's big, a silver yeah. lining.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It got me a little flat and then I, I, I sort of, I didn't leave my flat for a long time. Cause I was so happy to have a roof over my head again. And then I just didn't want to go out. I didn't do, you were sort of offered these turn up at nightclubs, do this. And I was like, that's everything I couldn't think of. Nah. yeah, I was yeah. just like, I was like, right. Have I got enough money for Netflix? Check. Do I still have my DVDs? Check. Okay, am I leaving the house? Absolutely, no way. (laughs) So that was my life when I came out.
0: So when you were, early on in your career, you mentioned like doing the kids' TV show and and it consistently going wrong. Um, I'm guessing, because most of your, like a lot of your career was like live situations. Yeah. Was there... Were you kind of able to, I guess it gave you training to be able to deal with as soon as something goes wrong, you can cope with it and run with things on the fly?
2: Well, do you know what? I think a lot of people think because you're on telly, it must be a lot harder. But if you think everyday life things go wrong or you might say something wrong to someone that you meet in a coffee shop, like, oh, my God, you're pregnant. No, I'm fat. Oh, shit. (laughs) Right. And then you get round the situation. And when you're on live TV, you think, okay, people are watching. And then I would just go, okay, fine, next, let's do something. And it just gave you, it was just like thinking on your feet, isn't it?
1: It almost sounds like um, going back to your first audition, the fact that you didn't prepare for it and you did wing it, it's almost like the reason you got that was because you have that ability to just be able to just make the best of whatever's happening.
2: Yeah, I I think the director did say that. He said, the fact you turned up... Everybody, because it was like, what, well, now let me think, 1990, well, 1992, three, I don't know what year it was. But anyway, everyone's turning up in neon clothes. Like they've all just walked out of Steps Audition.
1: Yeah. And then
2: I just I just rocked off in a stussy jacket, pair of baggy jeans, Nike trainers. And then I looked at everyone and I was like, oh my God, this is like some sort of insane this is like a Skittles advert <laughs> on acid, and I've turned up looking like shit and um, I just walked in I said, look, I don't, I, I don't have the right clothes on, uh, I've worked buying the scenes, I don't have a script, give me a rough idea of what I'm doing and then I'll just crack on and that's what I did and I got the job.
1: How important do you think it is to be yourself?
2: Oh God, 100%, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me at all. I don't think anyone should because, you know what, we've only got one life. And you know what, as you know, I've just lost my dad. I don't have my mum. I don't have my grandparents. You just think if I worried about everything. Yeah, no, I I don't have time to worry. I did used to worry quite a lot, thinking, oh, my God. And when my hair fell out, I was thinking, are you you having a laugh? Seriously? And then I thought, okay, fine. it, It took me about a week to go, okay, this is it, this is it. And people were like phoning me up, doctors, oh, we can do this, we can do that, oh, this will cost this amount, that will cost. And I said, do you know what, this is me. For- well, fortunately, I quite like it, it's fine. I'm in that shower, five seconds, bish, bash, bosh, out. I've got mates with loads of here. And I was like, I'll see you in five minutes. They went, what? I was like, yeah, I win, <laughs> I always win. Quick shine on the head. Don't wear any makeup. Don't care what anyone thinks. Been through it all. Had the papers when I was younger. They liked you. They hate you. They like you. You hate you. And there were there were times. Obviously, it hurt. And then you get as soon as I had my daughter, I was like, you know what? It's the only thing I care about. And my friend, and my friends, and obviously that cat. It just looks like she's dead all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah i I think it's it's like that that time in the 90s i i don't know if you've seen have you seen the jade goody documentary
2: no i haven't i didn't want to watch that to be honest it
0: was it was a hard watch it's really it's really really sad um probably not the sort of person that I was a fan of when she was alive watching it after she died like what a beautiful lovely person it was actually like really really lovely and and it was really nice it, it's it's a brilliant body of work but it's very very sad but it gives you this kind of view into this time like just before social media where the world was so fucking weird and like as of like when i was researching you like watching like going back and watching some old clips of like top of the pops and stuff it it was such a strange time of like it's almost like our awakening and it like it doesn't seem that long ago the 90s but when you look back on it we are so far from that then that like now and i know you still have things like people going on love island and committing suicide afterwards because they can't handle the pressure and so i suppose a lot of the the evils that were then are still the same and the press is still doing anything to get a story out of everyone yeah but that that time in the 90s like it wasn't like you had any training like did anyone ever sit you down and go this is how you deal with people being negative to you in the press
2: no we get a basically you get a phone call and you go what are you doing in about an hour and you go why and he went, <laughs> right, so basically, could you get to Top of the Pops in an hour? I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then you'd be there, and then you'd come out, and then, but there, were, there was, a. T- I think when I went, for anyone that doesn't know what happened, I, I got sectioned, and it, it was after the 90s, and it was kind of when I went homeless a bit. But in the 90s, 90s was just the best time ever. It was just one long party. But we all managed to get to work. How we did it, I have got no clue whatsoever. I remember I'd be like living with my ex, who lived in Essex, and I'd be getting up at two o'clock and he's like, Where are you going now? And I went, I'm doing the big breakfast. He went, You just got back from top of the props. I went, I know, hardcore man. And he was <laughs> like, I don't even know. he was like, I don't even know what's happening. I was like, You just You just keep going, but it's also you're young and excitable. And you just think, you know, I think everyone thought we were out partying 24 seven, but I think I explained to quite a few people I've spoken to. I say if you get up at two o'clock to do the big breakfast, which I think we started rehearsals at five, make up at six, live at seven, finished at nine. We were going for lunch at 10 a.m. because we'd been up since two. Then you'd, ha- then you'd have a bit of a break and then you'd be at Top of the Pops by five o'clock to go live at seven, to finish by 11, to get to bed, to get up, to get to work again for five. No, just the only thing was, that was a time when paparazzis were following you. So people, th- that was the whole phone bugging thing. So yeah. we, which so we, you we had didn't... your
0: phone bugged, right?
2: Well, we we still don't know. It's still, we nobody seems to know. Because people just seemed to know where you were, at what time, what shop you were at. Uh, You know, it was just very odd. And it's a very sort of confusing time because you're looking at your mates going, was it you? Was it you? So, yeah, it was all very odd, but I think it's still an ongoing thing. But it was one of those times when you just like, I mean, I had the time in my life. I was exhausted. And I love the fact everyone thought I was partying, and I was like, I wish I was. I did go to a few, obviously, yeah, if you had a weekend off, of course, you would go out and have the greatest time. <laughs> but during the week, you know, could you imagine working, well, getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning and then getting to bed at 11 o'clock at night and then back up again at 2 o'clock in the morning? You can't go. Where are you, you going to party?
0: It seemed like Big Brother was basically just a big party anyway, so at least you could just use that. as Not Big not Big Brother, Big Breakfast. Big Breakfast, sorry. Um, at least big you could just use yes. big, big Breakfast as, as your party time.
2: Well, the thing is with Big Breakfast, you turn up, you get the script. Johnny didn't exactly rip it up, but you knew what was ever given to Johnny. It wasn't going to happen. So you're all kind of like, uh, so you had a rough idea of the guests and where they'd be. But then, other than that, it was just total chaos.
0: I wish and there was something like, like that now. It's like, it was so, just so was, fun. Yeah.
2: I was just going to say that to you. It's like, you know, you put on, it's the same, BBC One is, you know, informative, BBC Two, whatever, ITV, mm-hmm. can't watch it, um, Channel 4, and then you've got Channel 5, can't pee, will take it away. And I was like... My God, I've been bankrupt. And I've had these people outside my house going, is that your car? I went, I don't even own a bike. (laughs) And they're like, what, a a motorbike? I went, no, a cycle bike. I don't have anything. I've got nothing. So, yeah, it's just shit telly at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's... it's Oh, my God,
2: not all of it. Not all of it. There's some great documentaries and there's some great drama series. But, you know, they're few and far between. And when they come on... When they finish, you're just like, why have you finished? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least top of the box, every week, you knew you were going to see a band hopefully singing live, if not, miming terribly, <laughs> and, but everyone was having fun. And I actually had a box because I was shorter than the children that were in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's
2: so it said, Gil's box, and I'd stand on the box.
0: <laughs> at least you get <laughs> a good view of the band.
2: Yeah, exactly. I was like come like, oh there and then they take my box and I was like, I oh, missed that. Yeah. Do you
1: take a box of gigs now.
2: I'm so small I can actually wheeze them Oh,
1: you're in one the of place. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I'm one of those.
2: Sorry, I apologize. But do you know what taller people should oh, just let me I'm, stand? I'm at six foot three,
1: so I'm fine. i like I get a space empty up behind me because well, people then, can't see.
2: I'll just go go on your shoulders and then piss everyone off
1: behind us. <laughs> <the plane does. laughs> So when you were doing Top
0: of the Pops, did you get to meet a lot of your sort of heroes and see them perform?
2: Um, yeah, I, I hid from a few because they were a bit, um, I think I, I've said to everyone, Blur, couldn't meet him. Uh, Damon, could not. I had a massive crush. And then once he did the gorillas and all the artwork and everything else, I was just like, oh, yeah. I think I met him once when he was a little bit. Um, he did a few drinks, and I'd had a few drinks. And I said, I used to hide from you at the top of the box. So he went, oh, no. I was like, oh, God.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I don't
2: know what was worse was the fact that I'd actually said it, but he actually knew. And I was like, oh, God, this, is, this is really bad. Um, and who else? I mean, do you know what? Everyone was lovely. The manics were great. Um, there was lots of people who would sort of, like, turn up, Disappear so like Prince Prince was there I was very excited, but he has a massive entourage so you didn't really see him. He came from so a van through a big thing. No one got to see him. He went on stage. Did he didn't even do it in front of the live audience. He'd do it pre-recorded straight back in the tunnel thing straight back in. And when I was gutted, I was like. I think Mariah Carey did the same thing, but I think she wanted puppies somewhere.
1: That's an interesting <laughs> okay. writer.
2: You know, yeah, yeah, well, you know, she's always going to have a, a, an interesting. And she wasn't even in, in the in the building really. I think she wanted puppies, candles, and a few kittens, but yeah, it never happened.
0: <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah you you mentioned there's some uh good documentaries on and you are very correct and a recent documentary that was very good was uh called being gail porter and it was oh my bad. god i think i'm in it i think you might be <laughs> yeah maybe. And, um maybe,
2: that, that yeah. Was
0: a, so we both we both mentioned off mic that we that we would both listened to um your your podcast that you did with Louie and you mentioned on there that 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 documentary was great but they didn't focus as much on like the happy things they put they there was a very like sad focus on it
2: um do you know what i think they did a brilliant brilliant job because obviously they had um the brief of how it was supposed to turn out and it was it was about depression and about helping people with depression so uh and they only had an hour so um they did exactly what they were supposed to do and I mean I've not watched all of it because I find no my, my dad's in it and my dad passed away after it, so um yeah a bit bit tricky to watch and um yeah, but I mean from what I saw they did an absolutely fantastic job but yeah it's it's very, it's very difficult to do a, a a documentary on depression and then just bring a bit of happiness into it, but um you know what what they what I was told to do well, not what I was told to do. What we discussed was, it was like talking about diagnosis and people getting told what you actually have, what you don't have, you should take this drug, you should take this drug. Whereas my, my view is just like, do you know what you do, what is best for you? You know, I got, I got five diagnosis in, by five doctors and I only saw each of them for 15 minutes. I didn't even know these people. And they were like, oh, take this, take this, take that. And I was like, do you know what? I go for a nice run or a nice walk and it works for me. I'm not saying it works for everybody. Some people need to take medication. But it was just so weird that I didn't lose people.
0: Did anyone try and prescribe um, fitness? No. It's interesting, they isn't said, it? That the first they thing said, they go they, for is the meds.
2: Yeah, it's straight for the meds. And, and they said, oh, if, if the fitness makes you happy, and I said it makes me happy, My little house makes me happy my cat makes me happy i can get through you know if i have a bad day like i say up showered out doesn't matter if it's raining get out the house because i know if i stay in i know what i've been like before it'll be under the covers and then i won't even watch something fun i'll watch the shining
0: (laughs) yeah yeah do you think recording the doc and and going through those situations and like meeting old friends and, and basically having this kind of look back on your life, do you think it helped?
2: Do you know what? Um, yes, I did. I, I, especially with my old friends, cause they were very honest and I didn't realise how much I hurt them by staying quiet. And I thought, they thought I was the toughest little thing going. I was up out, out working non stop. Um, didn't tell them anything and then once we all sat together at different times, they were like, we knew you were self-harming, we knew you were starving yourself, and we didn't want to tell you because you were so busy and you had so much on your plate. But uh, so, yeah, I'm still getting emotional now because I felt I felt so bad for them thinking I should have mm. just been honest. So if anyone's watching this, has got anything, tell anybody because they'll always be there for you.
0: Is it because you don't want to burden them? Was that why you wouldn't tell them?
2: Yeah, I thought everyone's got enough to deal with. They don't need my stuff. But you know what? If my friends didn't tell me, I'd be furious. I even say that to to the cat. She's just like, just change the literature. All right, I've done it. But no, to my friends, I just say, honestly, tell me anything. Because there's nothing a conversation can't help or point you in the right direction or give you a hug. Well, no, we can't give you each other's hug now, but we can do virtual hugs. When are we allowed to hug again? This is really bad. I don't like it at all.
0: And obviously you mentioned earlier um, the the point where you became homeless. That was obviously when, that was obviously when everything just completely went to shit. And I, (laughs) someone's, well, I mean. (laughs) um, I'm gonna
2: get that made into a (laughs) t-shirt. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I mean, it was it wasn't a great time, Gail, was it? Let's no, let's be it honest. Wasn't, it wasn't um, and I, and a friend said to me um, a few years ago, and it was is something that's always stuck with me. And because he, he's been homeless, and he said that we are all a couple of either bad decisions or um, situations out of our control. We're all like one or two situations away from becoming homeless, and it, it's so much closer to everyone than they than they think it is. And um, the, I I think why the documentary is so great is because it it just puts out there this kind of redemption story because you have to have that, for for the hero's journey, you kind of have to have that rock bottom to have the triumphant ending.
2: Yeah, well, like you say, your friend's completely right. You don't know what's going to happen from one second to the next. I mean, we've been in lockdown since March. How many friends have I, and you, I've got, and everyone that's listening, I've got friends that have lost jobs. They can't work. I can't, I can't furlough because I'm a freelancer. So I am just sort of like hoping. I've had every job cancelled. Um, yeah, I just sort of wake up think, okay, keep positive. I've been homeless once before. I can do it again. But like you say, it, it can just be one turn. It can be... You get made made redundant for no reason, or something. Just anything. It can be anything that can just suddenly turn your life around. So you just have to just be grateful for every moment. And do you know when I was homeless, I was too embarrassed to ask for help. And I think there's part of me that wishes I did, but also there was a. I think twenty percent of me wanted to say. I'm screwed. And then 80% of me was like, I'm Gil poor, I'm tough as fuck, I'm Scottish, man. Sorry for swearing again. But I was like, I turned, I turned into a mini ninja and I thought, right, I lost everything because I put everything into storage, couldn't afford to get it back out, and a black bin liner, which I'd have to hide. And it just had basic clothes. And then luckily I had friends that would let me in and but I didn't tell him how bad it was and it was towards Christmas time as well. So they're all gone off to visit families, Italy, France, wherever. And I was like, blimey, <laughs> I've got nowhere to go.
1: <laughs> do you think so, you're a stronger person because of going through that?
2: Yeah, I'm a proper fully fledged ninja. No, <laughs> no, but I yeah, am. I do. I think it, um, it, yeah it definitely made me a better person well a harder person but it also made me think about other people well I've always thought about other people I've always wanted to help people homeless people but it's now made me really really look at more things should be done there should not be people sleeping on the street it's absolutely ridiculous in this day and age and um you know I, I do as much as I possibly can with any charity I can do and I don't know. I mean, there's only so much you can do before. I don't. I, I don't know. I just try my best.
1: And what do you think that like, the average person listening to this could do to be a little bit better?
2: Just, um, I think the best thing is to be aware, especially of neighbours, because you don't even understand that maybe your neighbours are suffering really badly with the bills at the moment, they might be hiding from bailiffs. They might be facing homelessness. I mean, you can obviously, you know, I, I know the people that are homeless right here and I always make sure I take up spare blankets, buy some bits and pieces or, you know, bits of food and stuff. But you've got to actually look into people that were probably like me, just completely going, no, everything's fine. So, you know, what when you ask your friend, are you okay? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just maybe ask it twice, you know, just because maybe the second time they might go, actually we're a, a tiny bit screwed.
0: Are you getting better at doing that yourself?
2: Um, no,
0: <laughs> Gail, come on. Cause I know you want, like, I know you give that advice to people, but like, we, we want you to take that advice too.
2: Okay. So when I get to see you next, can I ask you something? Can I get a cuddle of both of you when we're allowed? There, there we go. That's all I need. That's all I need at the moment. I'm fine. I've got myself sorted, so I don't need to ask for help at the moment. Emotionally, sometimes. But, um, yeah, I think I've sorted it.
0: Because I-, I think I when I look through your, your Twitter feed, like you're followed by thousands of people who just think you're great and you're funny and bubbly and I know (laughs) and I know how self-deprecating you are and also I also notice as well in in interviews and stuff like people people say to you oh Gail don't cry we love you you're amazing like you're fucking amazing and I know when I've noticed because like I've followed your career for a long time and, and like we've hung out a few times like when someone says to you like you're gorgeous and you're amazing your instant reaction is always to go no i'm not no i'm not no i'm not and you always kind of put it down and, and dismiss it but it's fucking true and like all of these people follow you because they think you're amazing so like just just remember that mate all right you're fucking brilliant shut up you make yeah, me just, cry just believe some people but it's
2: it's a, it's a good try i think when i lost my hair it just you know i look different but i'm still me
0: exactly and as when honey saw you she went rock and roll you're fucking yeah. rock and roll you're fucking gail porter
2: i am rock and roll man i actually have to do it with more that with that i've done it right that way i don't know i don't I'm want doing, to do it wrong i'm
0: doing a lot of swearing i don't yeah. know
2: why <laughs> i'll do it i'll do it that way okay I know, but then i can't use my ring which i get from uh the great frog in london
1: oh that's really close to where our Should studio go. is
2: is it? Oh, oh yeah, in. I
1: know those guys. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. All very handsome. All taken. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I'd like to go home to Edinburgh for a wee while just because I miss Arthur C. I miss my friends. Um, I miss the fact that I don't have to, you know, as much as I, I do love London and it's really interesting, uh, but some days I don't want to get on the tube. I don't want to be doing that sort of stuff i just want to be able to walk somewhere um if not that i mean i've always loved new york but obviously that's not safe to go there now but i kind of like it just because it's one of those places that it's a wee bit too expensive though but yeah, but yeah i'm just looking i'm looking forward to this all ending and people just looking after each other because i'm getting a wee bit angry that when you go to the shops and people aren't wearing masks and they don't seem to be caring and even when i saw you know what what do they call it super saturday and i was just looking out just thinking why are you doing this i've spent what since march i think i brought my dad home on march the 20th i've been at home making sure i follow the rules don't do anything wrong the most exciting thing i do is go to the co-op and um and then suddenly you see all these people out after all this time of trying to be careful and they've got no masks and do you know what don't get me wrong have fun everyone but just be careful and don't just think about yourself think about other people yes yeah,
1: a... that's it isn't it it's the selfishness of because there's a lot of
2: people out there that have got you know elderly parents and they might go out for a drink and think oh it's fine but you don't know who you're bumping into and then you might go oh th- my god I've just turned into my grandmother <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh i'm i'm the absolute same i just want to scream at everyone who's not wearing masks it's so it just simple. seems it just seems certain countries are are onto it and and you don't real like it just like it was supposed to be they they did the vote of as whether it would be compulsory to wear a mask in shops in the uk and they voted no it's what like true. why it's clearly proven that outside you're less likely to get it inside you're much more likely to get it but if you wear and, a mask it dramatically and reduces also if the chances we- if
2: you're wearing a mask compulsory. you know i keep seeing people that wear it just over their mouth it's your nose and your mouth oh. seriously guys guys and girls it's your nose <laughs> and your mouth you put it there just don't even bother
1: there's a it- there's a brilliant meme that was going around about that where they basically got like a cartoon picture of someone with his like penis just hanging out the top of his trousers and they basically say you wouldn't wear your trousers like this so wear a mask over your nose yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's yeah.
2: true it's just like do you know what just it's not that difficult it's really not and i have got 10 star wars masks
0: Well are they like um, i've ones? got
2: a full from stormtrooper from the nose down and it goes way down to my neck then i've got one that just says star wars then I've got another one that says "May the Force be with you." Then I've got uh, a Darth Vader one. Then I've got a. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! My my cat's just going. No wonder you're effing single. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that that's my mass collection.
0: Well, I think that's cool as fuck. <laughs> um so one thing that you that you said on the doc bringing it back to that even though you haven't seen it so you probably well, I, did, I, I did i didn't exactly see bits when i had to <laughs> do the voice but
2: i, I do you know what blessed the, the um the director was like we don't we can just like scroll through bits that you can't cope with but you know oh, oh well, obviously oh, i did lovely. the
0: voice you are like basically you're on a mission to make people feel less sad and I love that. And how can we all um like what would your advice be for everyone to um help other people feel less sad? Do
2: you know what? For me personally, over this lockdown, a wave to my neighbour out the window or a little note on the doorstep saying, Right, that's my number. Do you want anything? Or if I get delivered something to do a little PR thing? or I've got extra candles in the house or I've got extra chocolates, I just leave them at the doorsteps with the wee note. Or then I'll just leave a note. If I don't have anything to give them, I'll leave a note just saying, I'm thinking about you. Do you know what? It's as simple as that. You don't have to go to Harrods and buy a blinking basket. But do you know what? A tiny tiny note going, there's my phone number. You want a chat? So do you know what? That's social distancing. All we have to do is have a chat on the phone. How are you doing? Yeah. Are you okay?
0: Yeah. 100%. yeah. It's, the, it's the little things, isn't it? I think too often we forget how much meaning that little stuff can have to someone's day.
1: Yeah, I think like the acknowledgement is key, isn't it? It's like just to feel acknowledged. That's what most people want. That's just kind of like, I'm here I see for you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what?
2: The other day, lady walking down, she was waving at me. She went, oh my God, it's so amazing to see you. I hadn't seen her for about a month. That sent me off into tears i was like she didn't have to say that and i was like it, it's not amazing to see me but she's like oh my god amazing miss you and i was like that's all it takes do you know what wor- yeah. words are the best things in the world to make people happy i think so anyway yeah
1: 100 percent. yeah
0: definitely 100 um you have said that you don't like to be labeled um and i think that I think it's a really good thing I think that you're you're prepared to um like you you said I just want to be Gail and I think that maybe we should like what like what what was the decision process behind that and do you think more people should maybe not be defined by these labels and and just try and become themselves a bit more
2: I think when I was younger and I I was I was struggling and Mum and dad were amazing, but very Scottish. So it was kind of, you know, you get up, unless you've broken both your legs, you're going to school, (laughs) you know, kind of stern that way. And then I went to the doctors when I was just, you know, I just wasn't feeling right. And then again, it was like 15, 20 minutes, Prozac, Citalopram. I was only about 18 years old. And then after that, I went back a few times, and again, and then he said, well, we think you might have bipolar. We think he might be depressed. We think you might have lost your hair. Of course I fucking lost my hair. I'm bald as fuck, man. So, <laughs> excuse my language again. But I was just like, do you know what? It was always like they'd say things, just like, and looking at their watches. And I was like, don't look at your watch. If you can't be bothered, then... But do you know what? I totally understand that people like to know, you know, if there is something wrong with them mentally. But I feel like I've done my running, jogging. I've done every single drug that I could possibly be given. And I've gone from bad to worse. And what works for me is talking and hmm. walking and running and reading the you know eating the right foods, calling my friends when I need them. But I do know that people out there need medication. So I would never say don't go to the doctors. But unfortunately, I just had a really, really bad time with them. Because Mm. at first, I think because I was young and then I wasn't eating, they said, well, just eat more. And anorexia is a disease. It's like overeating, undereating. And it's like, I can't though. I said, I physically can't. When I go home, if i do eat i'll I'll be sick and i don't know why i don't know why i'm doing it and they were like all right well take prozac take this take that and then i just gave up and i thought i think i'm just gonna have to fight this battle myself
0: it's so lovely to talk to you thank you so much for for doing this we really appreciate it yeah Um, thank you what would be what would be your your um parting words of advice to um anyone listening what's the um what what would you go back and say to your younger self
2: oh gosh um <laughs> i'd say just be the same person as you are now because you know you would not be in the same place you might go through a bit up and downs but do you know what you'd be a better person and then you can help more people so I, I'm, I'm never a believer in regrets or looking back or saying or oh, what if i done this what if i've done that i've had a great life i've had a bad life i've had a great life it's gone back down yeah i think my parting comment would be everyone look after yourself phone someone anyone talk to your neighbors just make sure everyone's fine and make sure you're fine and then also can we have one massive big hug in as soon as we're allowed
0: yeah amazing yeah sorry Sorry we made you cry, Gail, but um, we... No, you didn't. Can, honestly, I
2: cry. I cry all the time anyway. But
0: you're, it's a good you're...
2: cry. It wasn't It wasn't a sad cry. It was a happy cry.
0: Amazing. Well, good. glad we made you cry then. And, uh, you're, you're a national treasure. <laughs> um, that's, a lo- and... that's another
2: T-shirt. Oh, my God. You're just, like, setting me up a T-shirt.
0: <laughs> um, can you let everyone know where they can uh, connect with you online? Uh, oh,
2: gosh. What, what, like, my Twitter and everything? Yes. Yes. Yeah out twitter is just um, i think twitter is just at gail porter. twitter is
0: at gail porter yeah
2: instagram is i am gail porter
0: yep
2: facebook absolutely no idea but i know that i'm wearing a tiny black dress and i've got black glasses on and i took a picture of myself in the picture in, in the mirror in the Groucho club
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> because i think there's about 20 gail porters so i don't know which one's mine so I right, tend not okay.
0: to do that. We'll keep we'll so, it to Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. Twitter, twi- <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, yeah. Twitter is Gil Porter.
2: Instagram,
0: I am Gil Porter. Brilliant. New podcast coming soon. Yeah. Thanks so
1: much for listening. If you get any value from these episodes, it would mean the world to us if you could share the podcast with someone who needs it. You can always reach out to us on Instagram at rebelscreate or head over to creativerebels.co. And remember, always be creating. See ya.